Seth Day. I use he and they pronouns, and you're listening to Rad Child Podcast. All right, so uh, so this week's episode is about family, which might not sound like the most kind of taboo or difficult of topics to talk about um but i don't know especially with with pride happening uh i was just thinking about how many different ways that families can look and how many different things that word can mean and sort of like if that if families can look so many different ways then how do we even define what a family is um and so that's what we're going to be talking about today so uh without further ado i'd like to introduce my lovely guests i guess we'll start with amy My name is Amy. I use she or her as my pronouns. I grew up on the south shore of Montreal. I've been living in Montreal for over 10 years, and I have an eight-year-old son. I'm Holly. Uh, I use she and they pronouns, and I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and then grew up in Ohio and currently live in New York City. Uh, And I've worked in uh, a few education programs and work with youth participants and then also have uh, some younger family members. I'm George Longshadow and I use he and they pronouns. I was born in Toronto and grew up in Vancouver and then I've been in Montreal for the last bunch of years. Oh, and I have a six and a half year old. I love when they're at the age when the half is super important. Anyway, so yeah, so just starting off, I'm curious, this is sort of a little bit of an expansion on you talking about um, your connection with kids, but who do you consider to be your family? This is a great question, and it's going to be so long to talk about. I hope we'll be circling back as, as we're discussing today. I think it's changed for me a lot over the last five years or so. I think previously I would have really identified with my origin family in kind of a traditional way and like the people that, you know, gave birth to me and the people that supported those peoples, like my mom and her siblings and cousins. Whereas now those people have pivoted to being in a really, really different position in my life. I'm not close to them and I've kind of found permission for myself to move away from my family over the last year, even just the last year, and it's been really important and awesome for me. So in a nutshell, I think I see my family as like me, my partner, my son, my closest friends who I consider part of my family, plus my son's dad and the kind of people that are actually my happy support people that I can count on. I love that. Yeah, I, for most of my life, considered uh, I'm adopted, and so I considered my adoptive parents my family, Uh, and then last year, I actually found my birth family uh, in, that are still in Korea, and I'm actually going to meet them for the first time in about two weeks. Uh, That's so exciting. Yeah, so uh, we've been, like, texting and in a group chat, and so... It feels like my family has expanded a lot recently, um, and I, it's hard because I still consider there are so many barriers, uh, language barriers, cultural barriers, uh, and thinking about, like, are these people my family? These are strangers that I've never met before, or, uh, like, it, I feel like it's TBD, you know? Like, are they going to stay in my life in a way that I consider family? so excited for you yeah that's super exciting thank you yeah yeah it's very exciting and nerve-wracking yeah for sure 
yeah i i grew up with like my mom and my sister and it was like just the three of us forever i mean my mom had like some boyfriends until i was i don't know what age but like youngish and then it was just like the three of us forever but i feel like there's like a bunch of different pieces of family for me there's like my mom and then her extended family which i like think of as my family but also like i never see my mom's extended family and then my dad who I met when I was like 21 who I'm still like I guess you're my family and it's really awkward because we just met <laughs> we've seen each other like I don't know like five six times he I have a younger brother who's a year younger than my kid yeah which is <laughs> cool and weird I'm like I still whenever I think of like siblings and parents I think mom sister and then it ends there and then I'm yeah. like no wait also dad stepmom baby brother <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah but then like the people that I that support me in my like everyday life are like I have like a lot of a bunch of like close friends and those are like I don't know those are like the people that I really think of as my family that's why I think it's such an interesting concept. Um, and especially, I think, in a lot of queer communities, we have this idea found family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like chosen or chosen family. A lot of people um, will call it in this idea that like we get to decide um, who's important to, you know, the people who are important to us and sort of give them that's like a label of like, hey, like you're this is like almost like. I don't know. I feel like it's Facebook official. Like, we're family now. Check. Like, you know, like, it's like a different level of, like, relationship because I have friends for sure that I consider to be family. And something else that I think about a lot as somebody who, like, I, um, I'm married to my partner and we have a bunny, uh, Winston. He's two. And we consider ourselves to be a family and we've considered ourselves to be a family before we had a bunny. Like, I don't, I think there's this idea that, like, Especially when people are like, we're family planning. I'm like, no, you're planning on having a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different thing. But so I think that's interesting, too. It's like it doesn't become a family until there's children. Yeah, Yeah, there's this cultural idea that you're not a family until you have kids. I disagree. Yeah, me too. I recognize that's part of the culture. I just say, yeah, I disagree with the notion that that's what makes your people your people. On the way here, in fact, I was on the uh, metro and... I, I always notice babies before I notice people and there was this person with two twins and I was just like oh twins and and then the mother said something and I looked up and I realized that it was the wife of someone who I took French classes with and they were like oh my god Seth and we were talking the whole way here and it was so funny we were like yeah we exchanged numbers we were like we should get dinner sometime and then I was like what would I talk to like straight people with babies about because I'm at this age now where everyone I know is starting to have kids and like my wife and I have decided not to, at, the, at least at this point we're like not planning on we have our bunny son and like that's great um and but it's this interesting age now where I'm like I'm almost 30 and like people are starting to you know it's just like well this is just what you do now and we're like not us and I think that's an interesting aspect of family too is like deciding not to have children um, and that being seen as like less valid, I think sometimes, mm. uh, especially when it's a decision and not like, oh, you tried and you can't. Right. But it's like, no, no, no. We just like want to have freedom and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, no, it's accurate. It's and I fully support you. Um, but like, there's these ideas that we th- we're like we're so great, just like being a really cool aunt and uncle, and then leaving <laughs> as soon as the tantrums start. We're like, bye. <laughs> You're doing good. 
I do feel like having a kid has made my relationships with my friends more family-like. In what way? <laughs> Mostly because I need to ask for support more. <laughs> um, and like the way that changes a relationship. That that being said, it's sort of the beginning of this. Like, how how would y'all define family? Like, if someone's like, "What's family?" I don't know. What is family? So, as a librarian, right? <laughs> I think my the way I want to answer that question is partly based through like recognition of literary warrant, which is like a formal way that we go about deciding like what words mean in library land. So like people use the word family usually to talk about, you know, the kind of family we were first mentioning, like our families of origin and blood family and blah, blah, blah. Even if those people don't support us, even if we don't see them often and don't want to. And I think I would definitely acknowledge that I see those people as, you know, my relatives but Seth actually you had brought up as we were sort of talking around the episode's themes what does that distinction mean to you I'm sorry if I'm cutting to the chase there no that's okay that's something that I was thinking about a lot and I think it's a great distinction so yeah relatives versus family yeah relatives versus family versus my people actually Mm -hmm. is kind of what I've realized I have people that are really really close to me and part of it is having a community worldview that's shaped by like polyamory and relationship anarchy where the people that are close to me don't have to live with me or have like Mm -hmm. a formal role necessarily but they're still my people and I have ambiguous feelings around labeling that as family like I'm wondering if that doesn't end up centering the idea of like genetics or whatever but I really like the the term chosen family and Mm -hmm. I really love seeing that in queer community spaces but I guess it's something that I'm still figuring out for myself. Yeah, labels are like both helpful and very weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think I, I just have different categories of family. Like there's my adoptive family, my birth family, my queer family, um, like the family I went to school with. Um, I feel like every time you work on uh, like an artistic project together, you become a family. Mm. So much <laughs> nodding is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's so many different like categories to what family is and it's how you define it for yourself. It, it kind of reminds me of how like there are four people who I will refer to as my best friend. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's my best friend because like we grew up together and they're like my oldest friend. But like that's my best friend from middle school and we're still friends. And like that's my best friend from New York and like that's my best friend from Montreal. But like I've got there are five people who will be like that's my best friend and they're like is this the same person? I'm like no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's interesting the idea of sort of categorizing it. I like that where it doesn't have to just be an all-encompassing like this is my family but it could be like these are my queer family peeps and these are my you know this mm-hmm. family and that I like that idea mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting the idea of family like com- like community mm-hmm. and it's like community just becoming family that's true like where is the what is the distinction that's a really good question um, another thing I love about the queer community is this idea of self-identifying oh, and self-labeling yes. things where like two people can identify with the same word and not that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to both people or vice versa and so I love that idea that like for one person maybe they're like yeah that's my family and for another person they might say that's my community or my network or my whatever I wonder if that was born out of like like communities trying to explain to a more like 
heteronormative or uh, world of like the importance of community to them. Like how, like how did we start calling each other family? Sounds like a research question. <laughs> <laughs> Librarian. <laughs> I love that so but much. But yeah, it does, that's totally where kind of what I thought too. Just like that, like it's a way to like because the word family means so much to like hetero the heteronormative masses <laughs> that we're like, well, we have our own family and it's different than yours, but also it's the same. I don't know. I feel, it, but it also seems like a little bit of a like, look, the thing that we're doing is somehow the same. Yeah, maybe like in order to right, like normalize validate normalize it, it and valid yeah validate I think is a good word yeah because you have to a lot of times when you're um, a marginalized community you have to you end up you know having to sort of put something in terms that the larger community understands so that they can be like oh you're just like us <laughs> and there's a lot of power in that yeah. I think that's important yeah but it's true on the other hand it's like, it's like, why do we have to do that? It's such a it's such a mixed bag yeah. because on the one hand, right, like I think that human connection and wanting to understand each other is so strong that like it's hard when you can't understand people that you have to try and be like, well, it's kind of like your family, right? How you have, it's how we explain things to kids, right? Yeah. We're like, well, it's kind of like this thing, except it's a little different. Aww. And, you know, I feel like that's how we have to explain <laughs> things to adults <laughs> too. <laughs> Except a little less pejoratively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a word? Yes. <laughs> yeah, without the hand motions that I just made. <laughs> I think one of the things that being around kids has taught me is there's so much that we can learn from how we interact with children that we can bring into how we interact with adults <laughs> and with ourselves. Oh my God, yes. Honestly. Like there are so many times where I just, I keep saying I want to write, write a book called Treat Yourself Like a Toddler that's just like, uh, no, Seth, you don't need a snack. You just ate. Like, <laughs> no, like Seth, it's 10 o'clock. It's your bedtime. Like you got to go to bed. No, no glass of water. Go to bed. Like, <laughs> Are you overwhelmed? Here are two choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... But there's so many things that I'm like, wow, this makes a lot more, you know. But I think sort of going back to it, I think that's why it can be helpful to sort of put it in terms that maybe heteronormative folks can understand or just folks whose, you know, families are sort of that typical. Like I, in um, preparation for this, I sort of looked up the definition of family. And of course, the first thing that came up was like, it was like a societal unit, usually consisting of, you know, a man, a woman, and children mm -hmm. 2019 the idea that that's still like the base definition for, yeah. and then of course if you looked at the secondary definitions and the tertiary like you know there were you know more open definitions um but i don't know the idea that that's still sort of the the norm and yeah that's there's there's so much there's so much so we sort of um i think we already kind of talked about that but i guess i'd like to go deeper into the idea of the difference between relatives and family What's the distinction there? You touched on it a little bit already. but I guess so. Family feels warmer to me. Mm. And I can't promise I'm going to be consistent across this episode because like my ideas about this are evolving and I feel conflicted about a bunch of it, I guess. But like, there's something about the people I feel closest to who I do refer to as kind of family mm -hmm. where there's like a domestic coziness element. <laughs> like, like I can be wearing pajamas around them. Like, that's, like, a whole milestone for me. <laughs> or people who I would trust to watch my kid, mm. which maybe we'll touch on more later. But um, that's, like, 
I see my relationships in kind of like concentric circles. Like I have this whole like web of relationships mm-hmm. and people are in all different kinds of positions. But for me, there's like this core middle of people who, you know, share values that I can share space with and I can share life mm. with in that kind of domestic sphere. And that's kind of what I associate family with most naturally, people that you can share space with and who maybe annoy you, but you can talk about it. <laughs> or like people that you can say, like, I actually don't want to talk right now. Like just yes. leave me alone to drink my tea. Because you can't say that to everybody. Like that's an important family thing to me. Yeah, I, it's making me think a lot about the idea of there are people, you know, relatives who I feel like I can be myself around, and who I have to, and relatives who I feel like I have to put on a persona, <laughs> like it's work, like it's theater. Oh man, yeah. And I think that's an interesting oh, distinction that. too, where I'm just like I can just be like goofy, and but I feel like very much that there are, I have like my mom's family, I feel like I can really be myself around them. My in-laws, I have to be a little bit of a different person mm-hmm. around my in-laws, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably pretty common. Um, but uh, there's also a language barrier there because they speak French, so like, what can I even say? Transgenre. Mm-hmm. There you go. I can say trans in French. I'm good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I think that's an interesting, I like the pajamas. <laughs> distinction too <laughs> uh relative sounds more to me like an obligation or mm. some kind of official tie to you that means that you that they are tied to you in some way whether it's you know like your mother's brother or um yeah something that's like a bigger structure than like what you could choose i guess Mm. Yeah, and then family feels more. It could also be that, but also could be yeah, your chosen family or something you enjoy a little more. <laughs> yeah, relative doesn't. I don't think there's any circumstance that you can choose a relative, right? Like mm. it doesn't seem like a word that I can be like, I choose you to be my relative. <laughs> <laughs> but I, there's something warmer about the word family. I definitely think. Um. Yeah, I'm curious, like, what to expand a little bit on the idea of, like, chosen family and what that, if you have any, like, personal connections with that or what that means to you. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the people that watch my kid Mm. feel a lot more like family to me. But it's like a chicken and egg situation where it's like we become really close friends and we trust and love each other. Like, I think usually for me it's like, I become friends with that person and then we're at a point in the French where it's like oh we love each other like this is wonderful and kind of as an extension of that like I have a kid in my life and people I guess that I tend to be uncomfortable with are kind of okay with being around kids and I have two or three friends that will watch Emro sometimes my son and that's like a whole conversation um like I have an old friend of mine who also has a couple of kids and we would like change childcare a lot when the mm-hmm. kids were small and like I would nurse their kids and they nursed my kid a couple of times like during babysitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like really special. Like I feel like those are like my milk babies, you know, kind of. <laughs> and like I still have a special bond with those kids. And like right now I have a really close friend that like straddles a space maybe between like friend and partner, mm-hmm. but it's all like a little bit wibbly wobbly, you know, Isn't and, it always? <laughs> which is like the best place. It's like such a magical place. Um, and she'll also like have sleepovers with my kid 
and she wants to be involved in his life like an mm. aunt almost you know like she really finds that really fulfilling and so definitely I see her as being a really like close core person in my life and we talk a lot and it's kind of very much woven in with with me individually but also with my kid yeah yeah that's that's making me think about another sort of level to like who I consider my family there are these my one of my five best friends um Carrie Ann who I known since I was in high school and I grew up sort of like it just sort of became like I would go to their family functions and I like mm-hmm. I just sort of became like their grandma sends me Christmas cards yeah. kind of thing um like from grandma banking like you know <laughs> and she addressed it like to us and our bunny it was so cute <laughs> um but but anyway uh they I just remember there was a time where I was visiting because we, we were all at college at one point because there are three sisters my my friend and their two sisters and then we were all like living away and we were arranging to like come every Easter I like go and spend Easter with them that's like our holiday together and um I had arrived before anyone else and I was in the home alone and I was just like kicked my shoes off and like went in their fridge and like fed myself and I was like oh like I live here like domestic comfort yeah <laughs> well it's like kind of like the jammies thing yeah it's that idea that like I could just be in their house alone and just be like yes it's normal <laughs> this <laughs> totally. is fine like I definitely could not do that like you know, like Holly and I, like we're like I, I'm close with you and Lucy, but I wouldn't just show up at your apartment when you weren't there, like eat your food. <laughs> that would be weird, you know. <laughs> um, so I think that that's also an interesting distinction. But anyway, yeah, chosen family. <laughs> yeah, I think for me that it's like the people who you turn to when through your ups and downs, and like mm. I have close friends that if I'm going through a rough time and I'm like oh, I need to, like, be out of my apartment right now, or, like, I don't know, mm. I just broke up with my girlfriend, and I'm, like, sobbing in a cab, can I come over? Like, those are the people who I would trust with that vulnerability, and mm-hmm. um, also, like, having an amazing time together, and, like, laughing so hard you can't breathe, like, <laughs> <laughs> like those are my, my chosen family people that you do all of that together and it's and you've chosen to stay together even if it's difficult sometimes or you have uh disagreements or yeah it's not always easy I think that a lot of the common threads is like this vulnerability aspect Mm -hmm. because I think right that idea like the comfort and vulnerability I feel like are very closely tied Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think so many of us don't feel that with like families of origin yeah yeah, it's interesting the way that, like, kind of, like, best friend, like, you keep bringing up best friends, and I, like, when I think of that, I think of kind of my, like, like, my various best friends and the kind of relationships that I had with them, and the ways, like, they've, like, helped me with my kid also, and the ways that that hasn't worked out, and the ways that it, which I feel like is part of it, too, like, both, like, which is, like, something that's different maybe about chosen family and, like, relatives is, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like my mom would be, like, like, I don't necessarily want you here, but you can stay here. And, like, my chosen family would be, is, like, I will, like, come and support you and then I will leave when I'm done. Yep. Like, <laughs> like, they won't, they're, like, less likely to push through, like, Mm-hmm. Pe- like crush their own boundaries too much about it 
or something. But then, like, because of the, like, the specific type of obligation in, like, blood family stuff. Yeah, it's so, it's such an interesting, like, I, I just, there's one person in my family, I have an, uh, an aunt who is, like, not okay with me being trans, and um, for, you know, religious reasons. We didn't talk for many years, and it was interesting because my family is very Italian and very, like, family is so important, it's the most important thing, and... I went to my, so my mom and my grandmother, because this is my mom's sister, um, were both very much like, oh, can you just make up? Can you do, and I stopped for a minute and I took a beat and I was like, if someone else was treating me like this, would you tell me to have them in my life? Right. Hmm. And the answer was no. And I was like, so why do we, you know, is it just because we're related by blood? you get special allowances to treat me certain ways that seems like it should be the opposite right like if you're family those should be the people who are treating me good who I feel good about and so it's interesting how I feel like a lot of times it can be sort of this weird excuse to like for people to treat you poorly and you have to like they get more forgiveness points I don't know it's very strange it is really strange because yeah. yeah. it feels like it should be the opposite thing and I was just thinking, actually, like the idea of a double-edged sword kind of articulates something from when George was talking earlier about how friends kind of are better in some ways about like showing up but knowing their limits and then being like, I have to step back now. This is the help I can give and this is what mm. I've done. Whereas, you know, parents or whatever are going to be like, I hate you being here, but fine. Mm. <laughs> it's like they're less good at boundaries, but at the end of the day, they're also like there for you. And it's it's a and yeah. Like, it's which of those things is better? Yeah, it's it is complicated. It's because of that kind of like commitment that we were talking about, where it's like, oh, I feel like you're my child, so I have to be here to help you with this thing. Uh, I saw this documentary last night about um, some AAPI folks coming out to their families, and mm-hmm. one of them was a, a trans man coming out, and he's from a Southeast Asian family, and he was talking about how he wasn't accepted by his family and he had kind of like cut off ties. Um, mm-hmm. But then he had, uh, he had some nieces and nephews that were born and he said he was like experimenting with being in spaces with his family because he wanted to be part of those children's lives mm-hmm. and um, like not letting his family disrespect him and like telling people if they were being hurtful, but like, also doing the work to like trying to be a part of his family i thought that was really interesting yeah well i think it's interesting how in those kinds of situations um especially again with like in queer you know in families where there's a queer person how uh it often falls on the marginalized person to Mm -hmm. be like fighting for themselves and carving space for themselves and having to correct you know um so hey you're a family with a queer person in it a great way that you can be an ally to them is to correct other people and help support them all right before we dive into how to talk to kids about family we're going to take a quick break for some announcements first of all i just want to thank everybody for tuning into our first episode i'm so excited about this project and i hope you are too uh thank you especially to everyone who donated to our kickstarter campaign Please stay tuned until the end of the episode for our backer shoutouts, which will be happening in song form. If you selected any physical rewards for the Kickstarter campaign, they'll be on their way shortly. Uh, unfortunately, there was a little bit of a snafu with the buttons. They printed them incorrectly the first time, so I 
just got the reprints and they'll be on their way soon. I actually have a very exciting announcement. So typically at the end of each episode, my plan was to give some suggestions for great books about each topic that we talked about. However, um, I recently discovered this amazing company called Shift Book Box. And basically their deal is each month they um, curate and will send you a box with two kids books in it, picture books, that are about a specific topic. They have all sorts of awesome topics that really align with the kinds of topics we talk about on this podcast. So this month their topic is bodies and reclaiming fat, um, which I'm really, really excited about. I personally am subscribing and I'm really excited to get these books. So instead of you just having to listen to me talk more, the co-creators of Shift Book Box, Rebecca and Crystal, are going to be coming on and we're going to have a three-way conversation uh, about our some of our favorite books for each of the topics that we're talking about on the show uh, and uh, some, some things that they're doing really well and some things that we would love to see. And so I'm really excited for that segment. That's going to be coming up probably in September. Uh, so yeah, I'm really thrilled about that. So there's one last thing, which is just that we have a Patreon now. Um, Patreon is a great website where you can donate as little as a dollar a month and you can receive some really awesome rewards if you want to check those out. Uh, Yeah, please do that on patreon.com. You just have to search Rad Child Podcast. We are the only one that comes up. Uh, And that being said, also, if you like the show, you'd like to see more please please rate and review on itunes it really really helps us to be able to get things like sponsors uh and so that would really really help us out so yeah thank you guys so much back to the show i'm curious sort of shifting to like talking to kids about these things if family can mean ten thousand different things how do we explain what family is to kids like when a kid is like what is what is a family? What is our, like, how do we, what do we say? I think with my son, we read different kinds of books and stuff. That's been a big thing. Partly because his dad and I split up <laughs> and partly because of the polyamory element. I really go out of my way to find books that will depict different kinds of family in the like child egotistical sense of like, who loves me? Like who is here to love and take care of me? Mm. Um, so one great book is A Family is a Family is a Family. Yes. And it shows, you know, all kinds of different family configurations, and we love it. Is there a depiction of polyamory in that book? Do you know any books that depict polyamorous families? Yes. <gasps> Ish. I'm excited. Sometimes. Elsa's Seven Little Daddies. There's like one mom and seven dads, and the dads are very small. <laughs> and the mom married all the dads, and like it's really it's. I'm just gonna talk about this book now. <laughs> um, so Elsa describes her life with the daddies and stuff, and things are good, but you know it's different. No other family has seven little daddies. And then one day Elsa's mom can't pick her up from play school or something, so the seven little daddies are gonna come. And like otherwise, the daddies are very very like boring mainstream daddies. They wear little suits and they have briefcases and they go to office jobs. But she's like, oh my god, my friends are now gonna know that I have seven little daddies. And she's worried about what's gonna happen and somebody's gonna crush her daddies and like all these things. But then they come and they play with the kids and everything's fine. And they go home and they all take turns reading her a story. And it's like it's like this coded way to talk about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's available through the Montreal Library Network. Oh, I guess check that out. So definitely with my kid, I try to talk around those things in lots of ways. I also just try to ask him, like, what does that mean to you? Just in terms of, like, how kids 
just kind of naturally accept things unless you teach them that they're mm-hmm. wrong. And they, they pick it up from culture and school eventually, yep. you know, but like as far back as my son can remember, I think I've been poly and like I don't acquire new partners at a very quick rate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think he doesn't see it as that unusual. Yeah. And like seeing me cuddle with somebody else on our couch is just like, yeah, my mom has lots of people that she's close with. That's the other thing about like visibility and just exposure to things mm-hmm. where it's like if we make it normal and not a big deal, then it's normal and not a big deal. Are we? Um, he brought home a drawing of his family mm-hmm. and it was so interesting because it was, I think in order it was like me, no, maybe it was him, me, my partner, but his dad is there too, but like a little bit away from us, but still there and our two cats. <laughs> and so I think to him, that's his core idea of who family mm-hmm. is, like the people who make his lunch. Yeah. You know, like the people who actually put in the day-to-day work of making lunch and like tucking you in and things like that. That's like definitely part of it. But he also considers like his grandparents that he sees regularly to be his family and his uncle, one of his uncles. I guess then, yeah, so there's that layer. Then there's a layer of like the people who pick him up from daycare, the people who are allowed to pick him up Mm. from daycare. like grandparents, one uncle, my close friend who hangs out with him. Um, So he has that kind of expanded vision a little bit but I think to him like with most children it's like pretty self-centered so we try to talk about how it looks different for different people mm-hmm. and I think that's surely going to keep evolving and changing so I think yeah. it's something that we try to point out and talk about that's you talking about the family drawing made me laugh because when I was a kid we still have this we like made it into a magnet I had drawn my family and in my house we lived in the bottom of the house and we rented the upstairs to this elderly man bill and i had drawn a bill in the family because i in my head i guess it was the people who lived in my home um so bill counted and he he was like a cute it like nowadays it would be like oh my god but like i would just like go up and hang out with bill (laughs) and like he was like this cute little he had been um sort of he had some alcohol issues and so his family like his own kids didn't really speak to him and so i was sort of like his his like surrogate grandkid and i would like go and just like hang out and but anyway, um, I just remember my dad was so mad that Bill was before right. him. <laughs> <laughs> the order is so important. And I think I did them in height order or something. Oh. Like there was some kind of like conceptual yeah. reason why I did that. But yeah. my dad was just like, oh, Bill's before me. <laughs> I was just so mad about it. Um, but I love that idea of I, I'm like a huge proponent of like children's books. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. I know. I, I have more children's books than someone without a childhood probably. At least I work in <laughs> child care, so it's not super weird. It's not weird. But I love – like especially just like really inclusive books and things like that and there's another um really good one called families 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 uh they all kind of have the same titles but it's it's animals it's families of animals so they show through like so for example i think the adoptive family is like let's say it's two pandas and the kid is a horse or something you know what i mean um but they one of the things that i really like that i've never seen in any other book is that they say some families some parents are married and some parents are not oh and i was like addressing it that's cool and i was like i like that one yeah um but the one i've never seen is polyamory it's hard so Uh, i have like a book list on goodreads but it's kind of thematic so there's one about possessiveness so this moose belongs to me um, it's like a really well-known book. It's like a well-known author, um, Olivia Jeffers. She's like, you know, a big deal in the mm-hmm. children's literature world. 
but it's about this little boy who thinks he owns this moose, but it's a wild moose. Then he finds out that other people have other names for the moose, and the moose is kind of disobedient and saucy, but then he learns, like, okay, when the moose isn't with me, they can be with this other person, and it's okay. I don't have mm. to own the moose. So, yeah, I have, like, polyamory titles around different aspects oh, I love that. of the worldview. Yeah. Also, saucy moose is my gender. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, we keep getting so, so many tangents, but in the best, best kinds of ways. Um so yeah so the question holly was how do we explain family um to kids when there are so many different kinds of families yeah i think what i wish i had seen more of when i was younger uh because i grew up in a very like white homogenous nuclear family town in ohio that just like seeing more families that were different and Mm. i didn't really see any other families like mine um there were a couple but like majority were just white one mom one dad there were I didn't know any queer people um and you know sometimes there's you don't know people who are different from you if you're in an area like that but yeah all about the books all about any kind of like media representation um and just talking about different kinds of families as if they're just as valid or normal as yours I think is so important Mm -hmm. that's why I feel like I feel like media and picture books are so important especially from young ages to just like because if you if you don't have access to that in your community Mm -hmm. I feel like it's even more like on the one hand it's important for people to be represented to be able to see themselves in media but also to see different people um, in media which is why I think it's it's kind of interesting how a lot of people will get their kids baby dolls that look like them for example or they'll get books about kids that look like them and I'm like get your kids books that have you know kids that look all different kinds of ways because they already know what they look like ah. yeah, they could look in a mirror get that that's fine but the idea you know that there are other people out there or other kinds of families like yes it's always good to see yourself represented but especially when you're the majority mm-hmm. um, it's always great to have to have things that are for you know about other kinds of people because how else are we going to learn about it yeah i like my kid just started school and i everybody is so confused about what her family is <laughs> it's like it's like a lot of weirdos pick her up from school <laughs> um I love it. and it's and i like part of it it's like really great but then everybody like and then like she also plays with like a bunch of kids in the alley and all the kids in the alley like see all the people in our house and are just like there's like five <laughs> it's like wait how many how many even people? there's five like trans mask people and a uh, a child <laughs> and all the kids are like who is this kid's mom <laughs> and I'm like what is what is happening um which and i like really like haven't like, this has just started happening more, that Rose is, like, at school and, like, t- like talks, like, sees kids more repeatedly. We used to, like, go to the park and she would see, like, a kid and then we would never see them again and we never, like, really <laughs> had to, like, have people, like, see what our family was actually like. Mm-hmm. And I still don't really, like, actually, like, know how to talk to those kids. And I, mostly I feel like I'm, like, just happy these kids are seeing, like, families that aren't like theirs. Yeah. Um, but also... And also, I can't talk to most of them because they all speak French. Um. <laughs> <laughs> she go to French immersion. 
Rose is in French immersion, yeah. So Rose is, Rose speaks French now. Oh. And she's but yeah, and she used to correct people more, but now when people are like, Is that your mom? She's like, Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, okay, I was going to ask, like, how does she talk to people about it? Well, yeah, she doesn't so much. Um, That's emotional energy, so. Which is, like, which I get, like, and I, like, and she actually has gone through a lot of stuff where she, like, is really, like, like, her favorite game for a long time was, like, the baby mama game. And I, like, think that a lot of part of that has to do with, like, like I, she did call me mom for a while. Um, and then I, it then not doesn't anymore. <laughs> um, and I like changed my name and like whatever. Um, and I think that was like a bit like because it's so represented this like baby mom thing, yeah. like always that she's like, I'm supposed to have that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you nope, you have me. And I'm your parent. It's also so interesting how like mom dad it is because I there as a nanny who is very um you know very involved in the community like for example I you know the community that I work in I want to know what's going on and all the groups are like parents moms of this area dads of this area and I'm like first of all there are plenty of people who are parents who don't identify as a mom or dad totally uh, and, and why would it matter. And and it's but it's very like and it's always mom groups. Yeah, exactly. Like in a rare while, I'll see a dad's group, but I'm like, why is it a mom? Why first of all, why isn't it just parents? Yeah, could just be parents. And then me when I'm like, can I please join because I'm in the neighborhood sometimes. But yeah, I just I think it's interesting this idea that like it's moms and moms are the nurturing people, and you need to have a mom. And moms are I mean I love hi mom I love you. Yeah. Um, like moms are nice, but I think there's this weird we're even still so stuck on the idea that like moms are the nurture are the one you need to have one of those i don't i'm also just like curious about how i guess this is sort of a similar question but like besides like i don't know i this is also like a question for me because i'm like hmm like besides doing things like reading books and exposing kids to media and just like talking to kids um and like you know hopefully having them be around families that look different like how do we help break down this sort of heteronormative idea of what a family is how do we do that (laughs) but like what can we um can we do or how can we help our kids be the people who do that i don't know or the kids in our lives yeah it's tough exposure surely in part i mean like my partner and i pass as like a pretty straight couple in the Mm. republic my partner is non-binary um but my kids very aware that they're non-binary and they use they and them and like when people refer to them as is beau-père and be like no no c'est mon beau-parent so like oh i in, love in that French, it's more gendered than in english <clears throat> but he'll try to say like no this isn't my stepfather it's my step-parent or whatever. i love that yeah um also that's beau-parent is just so cute yeah and it's, <laughs> it's hard to french because like beau is still masculine Way. but it's you know um and I think we try to talk about those things, but I think if kids can relate it to people that are important to them, mm. it becomes so much more real. Whereas like when we're watching movies or whatever, sometimes I'll pause it and be like, this is a really monogamous problem. This wouldn't be a problem outside of monogamy. Did you notice that? And he's always like, no, I didn't notice that. That's <laughs> me watching everything now. <laughs> yeah. I just started watching things and being like, 
Oh my, everything is a, is a love triangle. Just come yes. on, guys. Just talk about your feelings. Just, I know. <laughs> totally. Oh Read a God. book about communication. <laughs> yes. False quandaries here. But I mean, yes, there's talking about that. And I think that's important. And I think it can be interesting for him. And I think slowly that builds up. But I think if he relates it to people that he knows and loves, it's much more real. And he has an expanded notion now of like a couple of friends of mine who take care of him. And we have like queer friends and he's around mm-hmm. queer people regularly and I think at some point he'll hit the age where he realizes like oh other kids don't have that or like mm. other kids don't spend time with lesbians or like other kids don't <laughs> you know like you know like at a certain point he's slowly starting to confront like little ways that we're different yeah. even though yes we live half time with him and we look like a straight couple like he's starting I think to encounter those moments and if he has people that he values and knows, he has faces. Like, gayness isn't a vague thing to him. It's like a mm. real concrete thing. Yeah, having actual connections. Yeah. And I think that sort of goes along what we were saying about um, families as well, where, like, if there's someone in the family yeah. who is trans or who is whatever, fill in the blank, it's like, oh, this is something that I actually have exposure to now and a reason to understand, learn, care about this thing. And it's the same for kids. It's like kids are people. It's like Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Holly, did you have anything uh, anything to add to how to sort of break down that idea of heteronormativity and family? Yeah, I think uh, family is so tied to gender norms too. And, like, how what we think of as a mom or a dad and um, if we can kind of break those open for kids, too, then there's not this expectation that, like, oh, every family has to have someone who, like, fixes the car and mows the lawn and then the other person, you know, makes the food and does the laundry, you know? It's, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. Now, nah, when, when a toilet breaks, we hire a plumber. Neither of us <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, well, that's not true we call upon community members <laughs> um but that's that's another thing that i think is really interesting about queer communities in particular i think we have a lot of like like everywhere i've ever lived there has been like a facebook group oh yeah <laughs> that's just like i need something hell and then people <laughs> will come help you or you're like i have too much kale take it <laughs> um yeah, George, do you have anything to add um, about how to break down heteronormativity, that idea of, like, heteronormative families? Being. Being exist. Um, yeah, it's just amazing how pervasive it is, though. Well, I think about even, Holly, something about what you were saying um, made me think about, like, the gender roles thing. Made me think about when people, like, it'll be a two-dad family or a two-mom family, and they'll be like, which one is your mom? <laughs> which one is your dad? Which one does the mom stuff? So there's actually two really great books that this makes me think of. Um, one of them is Stella Brings the Family, and the other one is Heather Has Two Mommies. And they both talk about the idea that parents don't have specific gender roles. So, like, you know, they'll be like, like one of the kids. I honestly forget which book is which because they're kind of very similar, but in both of the books there are similar situations where one of the kids would say something like um you know oh but like if you have two two daddies like which one kisses your boo-boos and she'd be like you know that's my daddy so-and-so but like that's not important that's not what the point of this is um and so those are two really great books that i recommend for sort of breaking down gender roles one is about a two-mom family one is about a two-dad family um and they're both really great me and Rose have been watching Steven Universe, and I yes. feel like that's one of the few things where it's like, 
it, I mean, it's not polyamory, but the, if there is it's actually kind of poly- there's there's like po- basically poly child stuff in that oh, show. I have to check this out. Have you seen? Oh wait, have, have you, you never seen not? Steven Universe? I'm really bad at TV, guys. I'm oh, so sorry. Okay, I'm literally fine. the worst. But like, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it either. I mean, they're aliens, but. <laughs> I'm into it. I so, watch that. yeah, essentially, it's like these three aliens, and, and they're from a world where all of the aliens are coded female. But, <laughs> but also, like, they, so, like, they live, like, the, so they're raising this kid together, but also the kid's father doesn't live with him and, like, comes and helps raise him also. Like, so they're all, and they're all just sort of raising this kid together, and they don't know what they're doing. And, like, and then, in the, and now, like, he's kind of raising them. Like, <laughs> and then like, it's it turned of, around. Which I, yeah <laughs> but yeah i highly recommend it um cool. there's really strong uh like they're i mean it's i'm calling it lesbian couple for lack of a better i'm like they're aliens we don't know how how the, if you're from a planet where everyone's coded female then what is gender even but um it's no it doesn't exist but um but anyway there's a lot of like queer themes and just a lot of like not even just well, queer, i mean but, like, i feel like for them it's like gender is more like if you're of the same gem type yeah. or whatever. Ooh. I love how I'm this so just... <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I love how this just turned into being a Stephen Universe podcast. I'm Definitely. like, not even that. Sorry, well, I just, yeah, I feel like, yeah, me and Rose have been watching that, and we're like, we're like almost at the end of the fourth season or whatever, and I feel like it's like one of the few things that we're like watching together where like there's family in such a different way than like, yeah, in like anything else. And there's also really great conversations about mental health, about consent, and there are songs. Guys, there's lots of really great music. Yeah, I've ukulele, so much ukulele music. But yeah, there's a really great song about anxiety and like how to like calm yourself down. And literally, when my wife has panic attacks, we put this song on. Like it's so yeah, good. That's amazing. One time she she was having a panic attack, and I just came out with my ukulele. Like you're so special. Yeah, we're cute like that. That's gross. Well, I like the idea you were saying sort of like you might be watching something or engaging in some kind of media or like seeing and just sort of pausing and like pointing things out. Mm -hmm. I like that idea of being like, hey, did you ever think about like in Steven Universe that like Steven kind of has like three moms and like a dad also? Like that's pretty cool. Or like three people raising, you know. Like I I like the idea of because sometimes we're very passive, even just like as adult, like just as people in the world. And it's like, whoa, did you ever actually think about that? Like that's awesome. (laughs) Like, yeah, I never really thought about Steven that way until we just were talking about it. Yeah. Steven has, like, three moms who have no idea what they're doing. And, then... <laughs> and, they're, and they're, like, thousands of years old. And they know nothing. Okay, I thought of another thing, actually, about that same topic. I think one thing that I'm also really trying to do is to make my home, like, really, really welcoming for my kids' friends in mm. the long term. Like, I want to always be like, yes, bring friends over whenever. I will feed them. And I make an effort to be, like, outgoing. But I, I really think a lot about when he's a teenager. Like, I feel like I'm always thinking about, like, in the future. I really love teenagers. My partner worked as a, like, youth, like an intervenant with young people, with mm-hmm. teenagers for a long time. Um, and I really, really want our home to be, like, a safe, awesome place to hang out. I want to make sure that, like, their friends have, like, privacy and good snacks and just, like, stuff yeah. like that. And I really want to invest in, like, being that kind of home. So I guess my sort of closing question, unless anyone has anything else to say, is, like, I don't know, has your sort of thoughts of, like, what family means changed? Or, like, if we could make a concise definition, what would it be? Like, how could we make a definition if someone was like, what is family? What could we say that could include all of those things? I don't know. 
no, I'm not, I'm inclined to not want to be top on. Does there need um, to be a definition? Right. No, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I think I see it more as like a bouquet of options that I, I want to normalize. Ooh. Yeah, that yeah, that you can like take elements. Yeah. Of like you know cohabiting and like cuddling together and sharing secrets and doing groceries together and you can mix and match whatever you want in all of your relationships forever. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I I need we need to create this bouquet graphic. Oh, I'm working on it. It's, it's <laughs> <Yes. in the> <laughs> I want like a little felt bouquet where I can take pick the flowers that I like. I'm already imagining the manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we solve the definition of family. It's flowers. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for our final segment, Way to Go and Room to Grow. So basically, uh, this is where I am going to give some suggestions for great kids books around our topic so today our topic was family Uh, so I'm going to give some suggestions around books about family and uh, yeah I'm going to talk about a way to go which is something I think the book did really well and a room to grow which is something that I would like to see in future books so the book I'm recommending today is called families 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 and it's by Susanna Max Lang and I really love this book it's a great it's sort of one of those um just books that explains different types of families so it'll be like some you know some kids have siblings some kids are only children or they have plants or you know some kids um you know have two moms some have a mom and a dad it just explains all different kinds of families and my way to go for this book is i really really love that they include that some families the parents are married and some families the parents are not that is something i have never seen in any other book if you've ever heard of a book that also talks about this i would love uh please tweet at me um i would absolutely love to hear about it but as far as i know that's the only one that exists a, a room to grow for this book that i would love to see in future books is and we mentioned this a little bit in the podcast is that i've never seen a book that discusses polyamory I would love to see a book that discusses polyamorous families for kids because a lot of kids um, have parents who are in open relationships or in poly relationships and that's something that I think the representation is really lacking. Uh, Yeah, and that's about it from me. Thanks again so much for listening and I look forward to next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Our two words said too often. So instead of saying them, I thought I'd put them in a song. First of all, Denise, who makes all of our awesome art. Thanks for sharing your talent. That's really cool on your part. And thank you to the Upford Network for having faith in me. To Tom, Toby, and Teffer, y'all are rad as can be. You might think the song is repetitive, and that may well be true, but I couldn't think of a better way to say.
Danilo and Morgan and Carol, Simona, and to Emily, to Leah and Amy, Izzy and Candace, and to Joel, to Vicky, Joanna, Jennifer, Max, Libby, and Michelle, to Tracy, Nathaniel, Sam, and Maggie, Kristen, and Timo, to Hannah and Andrew, Mel and Drew, and to Caroline, to Dominique, Lee and Rita, to Ellen and Isabel, and to Michelle, to Travis and Lindsay, Jamie and Lori, and to Erica, to Laura and Lauren, Jennifer, Sarah, and to Adrienne, to Teresa and to Mash, y'all are the very best. And lastly, to my wife, my daily inspiration. You may find that cheesy. Anyway, the song is done. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.